0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Life Actually with me, Rebecca Keen. Thank you as always for joining me. Today's episode was so much fun to record and also really interesting. I have the wonderful Shan Alwyn Katrina as a guest. Uh, Shan and I used to work together during COVID doing very early morning shifts and sometimes through the night shifts at Sainsbury's whilst both still studying at uni as well. So Uh, it was very intense that period you know we kind of touch on it a little bit but somehow it feels like yesterday and also a really long time ago. Shan is currently in Sri Lanka and in this chat we talk all things travel, traveling by yourself, culture shocks of moving abroad. She's currently in Sri Lanka and she was in India for like two or three months previous to this. She just got her yoga teacher training qualification whilst in India and now she spends her days teaching yoga in the mornings, doing some surfing. She does freelance writing as well. And I touched on how amazing her writing is. So please go give her her follow on Instagram if you don't already. And it was just really lovely to catch up with someone who, you know, I haven't spoken to in quite a while, but I've been following along on Instagram uh, for the past few years and see how, like, amazing she's doing on the other side of the world. I think this episode is full of lots of little nuggets about not waiting for something to be perfect and going for it anyway about following your heart and trusting your gut about the culture shocks that exist whenever you move to the other side of the world and leave you know a little Irish town or wherever you are in the world if you leave your town it's always going to be different but it's always going to be worth the risk and it's always going to be worth the fear that you feel whenever you're in a new environment because sometimes most of the times unfamiliar situations are actually quite scary but when you work through them they also end up being the most rewarding. Shan also gives some really good tips about staying safe as a solo female traveller, which I find quite interesting. And yeah, I just had a lot of fun recording this. It was great, like I said, to catch up. And I feel so inspired to like go halfway across the world and live on a beach in Sri Lanka now because I'm just like, I want that piece of life, even though I just moved to London, which I also love. So yeah, it's kind of hard whenever... You want to do it all, you know, but I guess good problems to have. <laughs> so thank you, as always, for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please give Shan a follow over on Instagram and TikTok. Her handle is at shan katrina, and yeah, enjoy. And oh, also leave a rating and review if you haven't before. Share with your friends if you really enjoyed it, and let us know what you thought. Without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Welcome, Shan, to Life Actually with. Me. Rebecca thank you so much for joining me today where are you at the minute exactly yes
1: thank you so much for having me on I'm so excited to <sighs> have a chat but it. I'm here in Sri Lanka so I'm in the south coast of Sri Lanka between Tangal and Herkatea in like a little coastal jungle paradise just yeah living the dream right now <laughs> that sounds amazing even if
0: you hadn't said living the dream coastal jungle paradise just sounds like the dream like honestly
1: <laughs> it just sounds so idyllic yeah. right
0: now um we were saying just before i started recording that <clears throat> london is like really gray and drizzly and Lanka is like what 32 degrees i
1: think 32 degrees today very sunny a little bit of wind but yeah the sun's out and shining down on us nice you really can't complain
0: <laughs> yeah that is definitely better than current but I'm actually I say that I'm really trying not to like complain about the weather at the minute because I choose to be here I always think this like I'm literally choosing to be in London like I choose to live here there's nothing keeping me here if I really wanted it to so I don't know why I complain about the weather so much that's something I'm working on for 2024 is like actually not complaining so I'm enjoying the drizzle I'm enjoying the fact it's water in the plants I'm trying to be positive about
1: it <laughs> exactly and it's part of London's charm as well it is like if if London didn't have its rainy cold wintry days it just wouldn't be the same
0: yeah exactly exactly I agree (laughs) um so tell me about kind of what led you to be in Sri Lanka right now so you were in um you're from Lisburn yeah. about yes, yeah, so you were in like living in Lisbon kind of in like September, October time. And I know you've always been really into traveling. Um and you had like you converted a van at one point as well, didn't you?
1: Yeah, yeah, a couple of years ago, just before I before I came out here. So Oh nice. Yeah, um, I had to let go of my wee van before I came out, which was a pretty sad moment, but I remember yeah. watching <laughs> your
0: Instagrams, like watching your Instagram stories about you converting it, and I was like, This is so cool, but I guess like letting go of it and selling it probably like funded this adventure so it's um it's been yeah, yeah been for the best so what kind of led you to go to India where you started off and how have the past few months been for you
1: yeah so as you said I've always loved traveling as you know as a fellow Sagittarius it's in our in our nature to want to explore and travel and see the world um up until going to India, I'd never been in Asia or anything like that. I never did any of like the whole Southeast Asia travel or anything like that. I didn't really traveled within Europe and parts of the East coast of America. Um, but India was always somewhere that just kind of fascinated me. My dad was always like fascinated by India. And then as I got a bit older, I got into yoga over the past four years and obviously India was the home of yoga so yeah I just wanted to go and discover all that and start my journey as a yoga teacher as well so that's kind of how I I came to be in India and then Sri Lanka sort of happened a bit more last minute like I had the idea of India in my head for a long time and had never really considered Sri Lanka before but I don't even know how it came up but I think I just saw something and Sri Lanka seems to really be coming up as like a big travel destination at the minute. And no, I'm saying I think Condé Nasty even put it as like the, the next big destination for 2024. So I was like, well, it's right beside India. So I want to learn to surf. So I guess I'll go to Sri Lanka afterwards. So <laughs> that, that's kind of why I ended up here. Oh,
0: nice. What does like your typical day look like at the minute?
1: Um, at the minute, it's quite slow. So... When I first arrived in Sri Lanka, I really went hard on enjoying myself. I was like eating out every day. I was surfing every day. I was, yeah, just trying to enjoy being on the coast. But at the minute I'm volunteering at a guest house on the south coast and I'm teaching yoga. So I start my day at six and then my yoga class starts at seven. So I do that from seven to eight. And then I just help out a little bit with breakfast and then I have the rest of the day free but I'm trying to be kind of sensible at the minute because I'm also freelance writing as I go so I'm trying to kind of use this time in this while I'm in this little like hidden space to get on with some work and just enjoy the slower pace of life here and yeah focus on getting some work done and then using my weekends to have a little little explore around this area and get out and about and See what's around here.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a very nice day. I have to say, like, very nice, you know, pace to the day and everything else. Um, You're right, and I was actually going to touch on this later, but I'm just going to say it now. Like, whenever I read your Instagram posts or, like, anything that you've written, it's this is going to sound so cheesy, like, honestly, but I actually wrote this down yesterday. I feel like I'm, like, it's, like, touching my soul. Like, you have this way with words that are just really moving and like vulnerable also that just make me really think about like everything like I, you posted something um actually for anybody who doesn't follow Shannon Instagram I'll leave her like uh Instagram link below but definitely go follow her because all of your posts like anything that you write it just really feels like it hits people right or me at least like right where I need to hear it and I I don't know I always just kind of feel really moved by it so you've definitely got the Very good, like charm with the words for sure.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Um, it's always yeah, a bit scary. I think sometimes putting stuff like that out there because I I do, I I do want to be kind of like vulnerable to a certain extent online because I know that when I read things that people have kind of opened up about and been vulnerable with it's really helped me in certain ways so um I try yeah just to speak honestly from the heart and <laughs> hopefully it, it um resonates in some way so it's nice to hear that at least it does for you <laughs>
0: no honestly like I love it and I'm not just saying that because we are on it like I feel like I've definitely been like laid to bed beside my boyfriend and being like oh. This is just so,
1: like, I really feel like
0: touched by this. I don't know. I feel oh, just like really moved. Um, and it's funny what you say about like being vulnerable online as well. I think it's like a really interesting situation that our generation kind of finds themselves in at the minute where it's so easy to share ourselves. And like so many people have made like a lot of money and their livelihoods and everything else from like sharing themselves online. But then equally you're putting yourself in the firing line. Like I, uh, I feel that way anytime I sit down and record a podcast, I'm much more relaxed about it now because I think I've reached a point where I'm like, I actually just don't care. But then the next minute I'm like, no, way, I really do care. Like I care so much. <laughs> like I don't want anybody to say anything bad. I don't want people to judge me. I don't want to know like what other people are thinking. But it's like ultimately other people don't really they just don't care. Like, everybody's in their only world wrapped up in themselves and anybody that does have any thoughts about, you know, I don't know, like my podcast or like your writing or anything else, it's always only fleeting anyway and I feel like our thoughts are more of a reflection of ourselves anyway rather than yeah.
1: what other people are
0: projecting onto us.
1: Exactly, yeah, there's the whole idea that um, people can only meet you from their own like point of perception. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... You can only, what you put out there, you can only put out with the best of intention, knowing that like, yeah, you're you're probably going to make a mistake. Like, you're probably, you might offend someone from just because you did the best with like the knowledge you had at the time and maybe you didn't have, none of us can have like the full spectrum of knowledge. We can't know everything and we can't, it's just impossible. So I think you, you can't let that stop you from... Uh, speaking your own kind of truth with the best of intention. I think if you're if you're doing it from the heart, and then someone does have a criticism, uh, you can either take it on board because it could be valid and like you could learn something from it, or or just yeah, sometimes it's just they maybe don't understand where you're you're kind of coming from at that point in time
0: yeah a hundred percent I think if we wait to get other people's approval or like reach this level of perfection and knowledge then we're literally going to be waiting our whole lives like it just you're never going to get it all perfect and um what you said about other people meet you at their level of you said something that, like a sentence of uh, perception <laughs> yeah their level of perception like um that is so true like even I mean I'm 27 now and there's things that I see differently and people that I see differently now than I did even like three four years ago because I've been working on myself because I've been working on the way that I view myself and view the world and because I'm doing my own thing now and like putting it out there you just see things differently and you kind of give people the grace that you maybe didn't give them before because I think as humans as well we tend to have this pack mentality of you know you can call it cancel culture or whatever um it kind of is a spectrum where it's cancel somebody on one end and the other end it's like you know why is she doing that like why why are you posting that online or whatever and it's really interesting i don't know if you've seen the posts there's like a meme going around about being fashionable in ireland and how it's like impossible to be fashionable in ireland and (laughs)
1: yeah (laughs) i haven't seen it (laughs) i can can definitely um, understand
0: (laughs) like this one girl was wearing like a red beret in in the town one day i don't know where it was in one of the towns in ireland and somebody called her like super mario i feel like yeah i feel like that just puts it into perspective so well the fact that you you've just gotta do you because see if you don't like everybody's gonna judge you anyway. I'd like, okay, it could have been a super mario looking outfit, or she actually could have just looked really cute, but they just didn't have any fashion sense, you know? And it's just so funny the way as humans we find it easy to like zone in on people who are doing things differently. Um I feel like a lot of the time because it's what we want to do ourselves, but we don't have the courage to actually do. So we tend to like project our insecurities into other people who are actually doing it.
1: Yeah, it's so true. Like, it's one thing it's actually, like, really opened my eyes to more as I've been traveling. Um, Because obviously, like, we come from, especially coming from Northern Ireland, we come from such a small kind of society Mm -hmm. where everything's done, like, a certain way. And we have our processes and protocols and kind of, like, rules and regulations, even whether they're written or not written, and ways of doing things. And coming out here and seeing how things are done completely differently like it almost shocked me at the start because I was like wait you can do things like this <laughs> like this is okay and then I was like just seeing that complete cultural difference and it was it's really like blew my mind and like sort of taken a lot of the fear away of like there are different ways of doing things and different can be better different can be I don't think it's even like whether it's better or worse it's just different it's just like different. it yeah. And like with the going back to the, the girl with the red bear like one thing I was thinking when you were saying about that, like ninety nine people could have walked past her that day thinking, She looks great, like I love what she's doing, but didn't say anything. It's just the one who made the, the cheap joke really that um it took off and then And that'll stick with her. People yeah, jump on the bandwagon and so it's always the negative that, that'll stick with you.
0: So much, yeah, so much. It's um, we have to like reprogram our brains. I feel like a lot to unlearn the fact that one person's negative comment isn't the be all and end all. Like, and plus nowadays it's like so easy to just leave a comment, even on like online where you can hide behind like a profile. It's so easy to do that, and I feel like that's brought just attacking people up to like a whole new level that it wasn't at before because previously you just had to do it to somebody's face or behind their back but in person whereas now you can like just be a troll online so yeah anybody listening just if anybody leaves any negative comments you're probably not doing anything wrong somebody calls you super mario you probably look cute in the red beret that's what i would say exactly
1: it's just probably a jealousy thing or Maybe they were sitting with their red beret that morning and they were like, should I put it on? They were like, no, I'll get jealous." And then they went out and saw her with their red beret on and were like, damn it, she she stole my thunder. (laughs) Exactly, that's what it is. And then went for the Super Mario (laughs) comic. That's what I like to
0: think, actually. I'm going to think that from now on whenever I think of that story. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of seeing things differently, this is again something that I've been thinking of like so much recently is how we, again, like obviously growing up in like small towns and even like Belfast is such a small city, Northern Ireland, Ireland in general, like it's just we're very in our ways, like very stuck in our ways. And it does take actually like, and even like I think in the UK in general because um, like I'm in London now and it's the exact same like very stuck in our ways of what is right and what is wrong and it takes a lot to actually like look at things differently and be like actually I can do I can like okay go to university and save up for my first house and you know put down the mortgage and then just like live in that house get married have kids blah 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 blah, blah. but that's not Necessarily, especially for people like of our age, the right thing to do anymore. I don't know if it's ever been like the right thing to do as much as a normal thing to do. And now we can look at things differently and we do have these new perspectives because of technology, because we're traveling more where we can be like, actually, maybe I want to leave my corporate job and fly to the other side of the world and have like a chapter in my life that is like, say teaching yoga or just working remotely in Bali, like loads of people seem to be doing. And it's really freeing. But I think it's like really, it's quite a big choice. Like, especially if you're already like in a career, like do I leave in a sense like my career to go and fulfill this like sense of adventure that I'm craving? Or do I like stay safe in what I know? Do I stay where I am? Do I continue to grow down this normal path? So yeah, I feel like it's there wasn't really a question there, but I feel like it's really interesting like that we are kind of faced with that dilemma. It's not really a problem, but like it is definitely, it's something that I think about all the time.
1: No, like I completely relate to it. Um, I definitely had like a huge fear sort of stepping off the career path. Um, one thing I've kind of realised is I think there's a lot... There's too much pressure on people at like age 18 to make a decision of what they want to do with the rest of their life. When I went to university, I just went and studied English and history because they were my two best subjects and I didn't know what else to do. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life and I was like, right, I'll just go and do that and keep it open. And I was quite lucky that I fell into the job that I'm still doing, um, like the writing that allowed me to use my skills and um, do it in that way, and then I went and worked in their office for a while, and it was a really great job, and I I loved my time there, and I learned so much. Um, but then I then left that job and went to do marketing because I was like, well, marketing pays pretty well. It's like I know social media, I know the internet, I can do writing, and um, I can do it. And then I went into the job and. I did enjoy it, but it just didn't feel like what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. Um, and I was probably at one of my lowest points at that point, because I just felt so, um... Lost? Felt, felt so, like, lost, yeah, and, like, I was just going and doing this every day, but I didn't know why I was doing it, and I just couldn't, like, meld the two things together. And then as I got more into yoga, I really, really fell in love with yoga. I was like, oh my word, is this what I want to do? Is this what I want to pursue and go forward with? And there was a big part of me that because I had always going through school, being someone who got very good grades, came out with like a good degree and all that. I was like, am I taking a step backwards? Is this?" And I was like, stupidly comparing myself to others being like, Am I going to fall behind everybody? Um, yeah, just worrying that I, would, I was almost taking a step back from what I was doing and kind of wasting everything that had come before um, to go and do yoga. And then it just took me to speak to people and um, speaking to my dad especially to be like, you, you kind of have to follow your, your own heart and... One of my friends said to me, she was like, you just have to trust. And then this idea of trust like blew my mind. And I was like, wait, I I can make my own decisions. Like I actually know what I want to do. I don't need approval from anybody. Like I'm I'm allowed to do this just because I feel like it's right for me. Um, And like, it was scary, like going and quitting my job. I just knew that this feeling came up. Like I was, I wasn't unhappy in my job, but like every few months I would just get this feeling of like, why I want to go and travel. Like I would see people going and traveling and like that's, I think I think people, when you have that trigger, like when you see something online and it makes you jealous, like I never looked at people who were buying houses or having babies and being like feeling jealous of them. But when I saw people traveling, that's when like that feeling of jealousy came up and I was like well, that's obviously, like, because I want to do that. Um, and then, yeah, it just took me to be like, well, why am I why am I not doing that? So it was, yeah, a scary decision to take, but um I'm three months down the line and it's, it doesn't feel like the wrong decision yet, so. Yeah, that's,
0: I think, you know, within yourself when something is right for you and when something's wrong for you. And sometimes it takes being on like the hamster wheel of life um to realize like six months in that actually you're not unhappy but you're not fulfilled and yeah this I like really struggled with this like the last year where I was I've always in the same as you really academic at school at school always got a stars um I did computer science at uni which I never wanted to do because I'm such a creative person and it's because I was good at maths and my principal was like I was like one of those people who was uh, like picked out to go to Oxford, So Oxford and Cambridge, like, you know, you're going to be really, really academic. And when I didn't meet those expectations, it was like, OK, well, you're going to do this really academic degree. And because I didn't know any better and I'm like my parents wanted the best for me and the school wanted the best for me. It was like, OK, I'm going to study computer science. Now, I wanted to go live in France for a year and work in a bar. And it was just like, no, you're not going to do that. You're going to go to uni. I was like okay that's you know doing the best with what they knew like at the time but I really think it shows even in the past like since I left uni because I did did my degree and then I worked in IT for two years like after my degree and now I work in marketing but I'm like doing this podcast like um it's like my baby like my passion project that I absolutely love on the side and I would love for it to become my full-time career and the past six months Maybe not the past six months, but there was like a six month period last year where I literally I've spoken about it so much in the podcast was just like, I'm not happy, but I've like, or not unhappy, sorry, but I've like ticked off all the goals that I thought I had to do at this age. Like I've got a good job. I'm on a decent salary. I live in a big city. I'm in a healthy relationship. I have like a flat with my boyfriend. Like it's everything that I always wanted. I've got the promotion, but why do I still feel like it's not enough? And I think until we actually listen to the what like the calling within us, which sounds really cheesy for some people, but it's the only way I can describe it, like your heart and your soul will tell you what you want, and maybe it is that life, Maybe it is climbing the corporate ladder, but for a lot of people, it's just pursuing more creative tasks and more creative things um or things that fulfill us, like on the side, like going to an art class or starting a podcast or like starting to write poetry or whatever. Whatever it is for you, I would say if you feel lost and if you feel like you're not fulfilled, even though you've got everything that you ever wanted, just start like integrating little bits of what you loved as a child into your life. And I honestly think it can like it can change so much. Like my life has changed so much in the past like four or five months because I started doing more of what I love rather than just like the nine to five and everything that I thought I had to do. It's mad. It's mad how much it is.
1: I think especially as, as women, um, we're naturally like creators, like it's kind of our, our physical and biological, uh, existence. And like, we like creating things. We like making things like you, you can see the whole, like, um, uplifting, like people even doing crochet and like, they just do it because they love it. And like, there doesn't have to be an end goal to these things it's just simply doing it because you enjoy doing it and spending your time in a way that makes you forget about what's to come or what's been and you're able to just kind of lose yourself in a moment whether it's like listening to music or whether it's doing crochet or skating or it, yeah it could be anything whether it's doing your podcast it's something that with like the society we live in it, it sometimes feels like you always have to be productive and you always have to do something that will bring you success or make you money but um the things that actually bring you fulfillment or are, are the things that oftentimes you would do if you even if you weren't making money from it like, yeah, whether yeah, it could be cooking, could be anything like yeah, just putting putting your love into something and putting, I think putting a part of yourself into something and just um,
0: yeah, yeah, not every hobby has to be a side hustle kind of thing. I read that in the past couple of years at some point, and it really stuck with me. Like sometimes you can just do things to enjoy them and that's enough. It still yeah. brings a lot to your life. Yeah. Um, oh, we completely strayed away from the topic of India and travelling, so I'm going to get back to that and then we can talk more <laughs> about yoga, because I'm genuinely really, really curious about this. Um, so you touched on why you wanted to go to India, because it's like the the birthplace, if I'm not incorrect, of yoga, and you've got, yeah. um, like, your dad's always been fascinated by it. I remember whenever, I did like an internship in China whenever I was 21 or 22, and it was the first time I'd ever travelled alone. and. I had only ever up to that point been the same as you, like done. I'm lucky to have travelled like for a bit with my family, um, but it was always in Europe or like the US, and going from my like you know little Irish cottage (laughs) to all of a sudden the other side of the world by myself. Didn't even know how to use chopsticks. Like I literally did not have a clue. I'd done no. I think I was in denial about going up until the (laughs) point where I actually like landed in Juhai off the ferry from Hong Kong and I was like oh shit like I'm literally in a whole other country I'm in a city where they don't speak any English I'm like all of a sudden the minority because I'm you know like a, a white woman here and it was it was like a complete reverse of what I was used to But my god like I grew from that so much like you grow so much in the discomfort and Like what you said, it shows you things from a different perspective. You realise that you don't have to do things the way that we necessarily do them in the Western world. And have you had that experience in India where you're like so far removed from what you're used to that you kind of no choice but to grow and flourish and be in your discomfort zone? 100%. Like, I think for
1: about my... So when I got to India, the first thing I did, I went straight to the yoga school because I didn't know what to expect from India. Like, obviously, India is a destination where you kind of hear that it's not safe to travel as a woman. Um, and obviously, things happen as they do everywhere. Um, and in general, it's probably, you're always putting yourself at risk when you go and travel, especially on your own, especially as a woman. Um so yeah I when I arrived in India I wanted to make sure I knew exactly where I was going and kind of had like a safety net around me so I went straight to the yoga school but I think even with that for about my first two two weeks to like a month I was in complete culture shock and didn't even realize like I was walking around and I was like how do I know whether I can go to this restaurant how do I know I'm not gonna go and get food poisoning and like how do I know who to trust and like I was just so wary of everyone. I thought everyone was out to get me. And, like, just because I had that perception of, like, being told to be so on guard and aware. And then it took just slowly kind of creeping out of my comfort zone. I was in actually in such a nice position to be with um, two girls from Belfast who ended up being in the yoga school, which was such a a shock like I didn't even expect there to be anyone from Ireland there never mind two girls from Belfast and they kind of took me under their wing a bit and we like went out and met together and I saw them eating places and I was like okay well if they're eating there it'll be fine and um yeah slowly kind of creeping out of the comfort zone uh to to try new things and just see that just because it's not what I'm used to at home it doesn't mean that it's wrong it doesn't mean it's going to hurt me and um yeah just trying trying out different things and taking taking little steps along the way um but yeah one thing that really like sort of blew my mind in India was I felt like people just got on with things and did them whereas I don't know whether it's a western thing or whether it's just a me thing but like I feel (laughs) like we procrastinate things so much and make such a fuss around anything we do and there has to be that all this like are you, are you definitely doing this right? Is this definitely safe, like da-da-da-da? Whereas da, 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 they just get on with it and do it. And nine times out of ten, it's completely fine. And um, obviously accidents do happen, but even when like you've got all the protocols in place, like accidents can still happen. So I think yeah, it definitely took away a lot of that fear of the unknown and brought a lot more trust in to be like trust in other people, trust in like what's out there and also trust in myself that I'm like kind of capable to handle any situations that arise and um, knowing that I know how to deal with it.
0: Yeah I think it really traveling alone and to be honest I I haven't really done like much of it because even when I went to China like I went I went by myself and I was there like by myself but I was in it was like because it was part of an internship program it was with um like I was living with two other girls who are like I'm still like really close to you to this day um but I kind of had that safety net around me and then when they because they got there a few weeks before me they left a few weeks before me as well and when they left it was in like that period where I was like okay I mean there's still other people from this program here but I'm not that close to them so I'm kind of I feel like I'm more by myself now. That is when you grow. Like that is when you really are like finding your feet. You're trying out the language. You're like, okay, I don't have the safety net of like kind of falling back into just doing what everybody else is doing. Now I can go out and do what I want to do. If not, you know, there were times I was doing things I actually didn't want to do, but I was like, Rebecca, you need to move your ass because you're only going to be here for another couple of weeks. (laughs) So you actually really need to go. Um, so yeah, I completely, completely, completely get what you mean. Uh, India is somewhere. It's never, to be honest, like fully called me in the way that some other places have called me. Like I'd love to go to Cambodia. I'd love to go to Laos. But my boyfriend traveled India by himself for like a month, a few years ago. And he said it was like one of the most transformative experiences of his life. Like he said, it was incredible. And whenever I said I was going to talk to you and you're there at the minute, um, he mentioned that like, did you get this? He called it like a punch in the gut almost whenever you got there for the first couple of days where you're just so, so far removed from what you're used to because it's just like so different. And it's not really, even I think in like the part of China that I was in, obviously it was a huge different like place, different people, different culture, different language, different alphabet, different everything. Um, But India is almost like that to the extreme.
1: I think I almost got it softened a bit because I went straight to the yoga school um, and I felt like the yoga school I was in was very catered towards a Western um, crowd Uh so I feel like I didn't get the same shock but um, when I arrived in Delhi I definitely got a bit of a, a shock to the system and I was just I was scared when I got to Delhi because I'd heard so many different things about it and it was so heavily like male-dominated um, and I just didn't know who to trust or anything and it was so busy and there was so much noise and it was almost when I left India that I realised how much energy was there, that coming somewhere that didn't have that same pace of life, that didn't have as much sound and colour and music and smells and just so much energy around you all the time that I was like whoa yeah my, I feel like my nervous system almost relaxed after I left because I feel like that sounds quite bad like I loved India and like I'm planning to go back um but I get you, after 100%. I left I was it was like I kind of came off my guard a wee bit and I was like okay you're you can calm down <laughs> like and I didn't even realize I think that, that I was um kind of
0: holding a lot while I was there and um, I get that though I get it 100% and I think especially as women we are always even like walking down the streets of Belfast or London or wherever it is like you're you always have a guard up whenever you're by yourself but when you're in like a completely foreign country that doesn't have the best reputation for like solo female travelers like obviously you're kind of you're or even more heightened because you're trying to like keep your guard up at all times but how have you found traveling solo over there and do you have any tips for anybody else who would like like to go see that part of the world because I have to say genuinely since seeing you go over I'm kind of like okay like you seeing what you're sharing on Instagram and stuff and um, about like India specifically it's like okay like now I am I, I get it like now I'm like okay I feel like I could do this
1: yeah um so I Obviously it was in the U.S. field for five weeks and then four weeks, sorry, and then had a week in Rishikesh on my own. And then I booked on to a group tour. So it was all like completely organized and was with a lot of people from Europe. So all of our transport and everything was organized and all of our hotels and all that was, was all organized. So that made traveling a lot easier. Um, I think if you're new to... Solo traveling, something like that is a really nice way to, um, eat yourself into it and just experience the culture with a bit of a safety net around you. So I would definitely say to do something like that, it is slightly more expensive than if you were to do it on your own, but looking back on, I think definitely worth the extra cost. Um, and then once you're out there, you meet people along the way. So you're never really alone, like, especially if you're staying in hostels and everything. I've made, like, so... I've met so many amazing people and made so many incredible friends who I hopefully know I'm going to see again um, from all over the world. Like, I made, like, one of my best friends in, in Goa and she's still there at the minute and, like, now we're planning to kind of go and travel together. So I think just being open to new experiences and kind of you really have to put yourself out there to meet people as well it's like getting past that fear of like just going up and talking to a stranger because you are all sort of in the same boat especially when people are staying in a hostel you're everybody's kind of there to meet other people and do things with other people for the most part some people do enjoy doing things on their own but in general people want to do things together so yeah, that would be kind of my top tips. And then I'd say if you're planning like your first solo trip, just organize like the first few things that you want to do. And then maybe after like a week or so, or a month, or however you, how long you feel comfortable with, give yourself a bit of wiggle room to change your plans and just go with the flow a wee bit. And just do it. Like, don't have the fear. It's not as scary as, as it seems. I was.
0: Yeah, we I. Agree. scared
1: before I left.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think we build things up in our head to be way worse than they actually are in real life. So definitely, actually going up to talk to like a stranger, it's really freeing. I don't know if it's just because I'm older now, and I've reached a point where I mean I'm older now. I keep saying that, but I, I just feel like I've had this like point in the last six months where I'm like, I actually just am um, losing the cur that I've carried for so long about what other people think and what other people do. And it's so freeing to actually just be like, I'm doing this for me. You're probably in the same boat. Like you should do whatever you need to do for you. And going up and talking to strangers and meeting new people is so, especially in environments that like are completely like removed from kind of your standard like you know day-to-day life but even in your standard day-to-day life it is just so freeing just striking up a conversation with somebody Um, and when you're traveling when you do that everybody is in the same boat especially if you are staying at a hostel or something I imagine like everybody's in the same boat everybody wants to make friends everybody wants to make travel buddies I guess like trust your instinct if you're getting a bad vibe off somebody you know trust it but I imagine that like 90% of the people that you meet are like just all there to have a good time and have fun and find themselves a little bit
1: exactly yeah and like if you end up speaking to someone and you don't yeah the vibe isn't right or you don't feel like comfortable in the situation you always have a choice to leave exactly like you can get yourself out of that situation um and yeah there's hundreds of other people there to go and talk to and yeah the vast majority you're gonna you're gonna get on with and you're gonna have yeah people to travel with and you're you're never gonna feel like you're alone. Like even though I came out here on my own, there have been very few moments where I've actually been on my own while I've been going <laughs> or felt felt lonely or anything. It's kinda of just the only times I get lonely is like in the in between times when the people you're with are moving on or you're moving on. But other than that, um yeah, you're never you're never on your own when you're traveling.
0: Yeah. That's really cool. It's making me, this conversation is like making me want to travel like so much again. I feel like it's been, it's been a while. I need to like go somewhere like out of Europe, like completely new. Um I don't know if other people get this, so I'm sure that I'm not unique in this aspect amongst like what, seven, eight billion people, but and I'm sure you probably get this as well. I always say it's because um, I'm a Sagittarius, but it's probably just general people who like like to travel. But sometimes <laughs> I feel a genuine pull, like in my soul, to like a new place. Like I'm like, okay, I need to go there. And I, like I said, I've never felt that way with India before. But now I'm like, oh, maybe it's somewhere I genuinely like need to go. Um Sri Lanka as well. And I really like to go to the Philippines also. But Sri Lanka, seeing your stories there, it's like it just looks so beautiful and it looks so simple and far removed from all of the things that we worry about like in like over here just in like our daily lives and so much of it that so much of the stuff that we do worry about just doesn't actually matter like so much of the stuff that we complain about so much of the stuff that we like put off because I'm the same I'm like a big procrastinator and whenever I actually get something done I'm like shit that was really easy why did I not just do that three weeks ago rather than putting it off for this full length of time and I feel like being in places like Sri Lanka like India um, even like China like a lot of people just don't have the choice to put things off and they just live life in a completely different more simple way that really opens our eyes to actually seeing things differently it opens our eyes to live in life in a different way where we can do it on our own terms rather than what we kind of been brought up to believe we
1: have to do exactly uh, like it's really being over here is really kind of I don't, I don't think I was naive to it before, but it's definitely shown me how lucky we are to have, to have been born in the West. Like, we um, have a lot that we complain about, and, like, I think it's just human nature to always want to find a problem. Mm-hmm. Well, it is human to just want to find a problem because we always want to fix our problems. <laughs> Even if we have zero problems, we want to find a problem so as we have something to fix, so as then we have something to occupy our brain. But, um being out here it yeah it's really kind of shown me how lucky we are to live the lives that we do and kind of have all the infrastructure and everything that we we have um and even having like coming from a country that does have like a certain amount of of wealth and um privilege in that way like it's it's very eye-opening and it's like something like constantly try to remind myself of because i think it's so easy to fall into like a victim mindset and just kind of reminding myself that like i'm safe and i'm lucky to be living the life that i am i'm lucky like speaking to so many people in india and speaking to so many people here like they don't have the opportunity to travel outside of the country they live in like most people i don't want to say most people but a lot of the people i spoke to in india had only travelled within India um, because they couldn't afford to travel outside Um, and yeah, the opportunity, like even, it's so much harder for them to get visas to travel elsewhere and things like that. These these wee things that we all take for granted that we're kind of so lucky to have. Mm -hmm. Um, But the people I've met along the way, like from both India and Sri Lanka, like I have been met with so much kindness. Like, and so much generosity from people who have very very little and they're not looking for anything in return they just want to they just want to give and they, they just want to um be kind really even though they are coming from a, a place of like having so much less than kind of what we're used to and mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really, really
0: blown my mind. (laughs) Yeah. I again, like I've said this like 14 times so far, but I completely get it. It is like people in those circumstances who have the least to give seem to be the ones most willing to give it. And being in countries and being in situations where you like witness that and where you are welcomed so warmly, it does like completely change your perspective of what actually matters. Like what does actually matter like to be honest I'm always quite honest where I'm like I like material things but equally experiences and people and relationships will always matter more to me than like anything material as much as I do enjoy you know having money because I think there's a lot of freedom that comes with it there's also I I don't it sounds weird because I don't want to say it, and like it's such a privileged thing to say as well and I'm really aware of that but there's like a simplicity and a freedom that comes with having less because you have not less things to worry about in the sense that like obviously poverty is like such a huge thing but whenever I guess it's not like actually having less it's whenever you live your life in a more simple way there are less things to worry about whether you've got money or not if that makes sense
1: yeah no I there's like a phrase where it's the less you have or like the more you have the more you have to lose and you see it with a lot of like billionaires who live in such like they always feel like someone's out like to get them they're always feeling under threat because they have all of this stuff that they don't want to lose they're holding on to so tightly that it's making up their own self-worth and who they are as a person and like it does, it's not even just with billionaires I think all of us do it to a certain extent especially like coming from like, like a capitalist society um that we feel under threat that people are going to take what we have. Um, because it feels like they're taking like a part of us Um, I kind of can't remember where I was going with that but, um, <laughs> but I get yeah. it it's like yeah the idea that when you don't have as much you don't have as much to lose and you can just be more present in the moment and you don't have to worry about well obviously like things do still like you're still going to worry about what's to come and all that but just finding kind of being present and find, finding your moments of joy and happiness in those kind of in-between moments when you're not working towards something. It's like allowing yourself to just have a conversation with someone because they're speaking to you and you want to be in that moment and just enjoying that rather than being like, oh, I, it's this certain time, I have to go and do this or... Mm-hmm. They're holding me back, though. It's like, you no, know, like, things things can wait. Like, you're in this moment now.
0: Yeah.
1: And just embrace, like, where you're at right now rather than... It's it's hard to do, but, like, kind of taking your mind out of the future, the past, and bringing it into where exactly where you are right now. And just... Because this is the only kind of life moment that we exist in, yeah. if that makes sense. Oh, that <laughs> I makes feel like sense. that felt very...
0: no 100% have you ever read um the power of now no but it
1: is very high on
0: my list it's it's good you know what I've read it I think I'm like 75% of the way through it and I haven't looked at it in about eight months but I did start reading it. it's really really it's really good I don't think it's like the most transformative book I've ever read but it really hammers in obviously on the fact that we actually only have this moment time doesn't exist like we only have right now we only have this exact like millisecond that we are in so the past doesn't exist the future doesn't exist and it's like the whole concept is just so fascinating I'm going to butcher explaining it so I'm not going to get into too many details but I completely get what you mean and I guess that leads us in really well to yoga and now I am like quite a big spiritual person I love spirituality I really do try to like live in the present moment as much as I love visualizing like my dream future and all that um, I I think I had my first yoga class whenever I was maybe like 15, 16. I remember going to one with my sister and I loved it. And as I've got older, I actually struggle more with it, I think, because my mind is in too many other places. And like we can get onto this, I guess, in a couple of minutes. But like, do you find that yoga, you have times when you are really like in the moment and then other times like sometimes I'm just bored in a class and it's not because the class isn't good it's because my mind is like thinking of all these other things that I could be doing do you know what I mean like do you think yoga or maybe the better place to start is like what is yoga to you and what is your yoga journey been and then we can get into all that
1: (laughs) yeah um my yoga journey has been uh not super little but quite there's been quite a lot in it um I kind of started yoga as I think most people in the west do as a thing for like physical fitness um not even for physical fitness but I was I've always been in I I don't want to say I've always been into but like from I was like kind of mid-teens quite into like exercise and sports and all that and then I got really into running and yoga was what I went to to as my like recovery from from running, like stretching out my my body and everything like that, and then I would kind of do it on and off, like it wasn't really a huge thing in my life. And then I started going to hot yoga in twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one, and completely fell in love with it. Um, I went with one of my friends from my first job after uni and then the two of us went to Uber retreat together and I mark that yoga retreat as one of the moments in my life where everything like completely changed. We did a meditation and it brought like I was open to meditation but I was skeptical before that and like I was open to like things like yoga and like, that whole side of things but I was yeah I was just pretty skeptical about it and then we did a meditation and it just brought so much up for me that I did not ever expect and probably wouldn't have fully believed in before that showed me a lot about who I am and about where I'm kind of holding myself back and kind of what I need to to deal with and then from that moment like my life completely changed like I I don't want to say like it was a, it wasn't an overnight thing like it was over a period of about it's I think it's still ongoing but mostly <laughs> within like the first six months like uh, I just started to view things differently like I ended like my seven year relationship and just kind of changed my mind about who who I was and what I wanted from my life and it made a lot kind of come come clear to me it it's funny thinking back on it now I've just remembered that I set an intention before I went went for that week and I was like I want clarity because before going on that retreat I just felt so confused about what I was doing with my life and where I was going looking back on it now I'm like it's I think that's it's it's definitely brought it or it's yeah I'd say it's brought it <laughs> and then yeah after all that like it was as I said when I was when I was in that job and um, afterwards and Just going through 2023 was probably like one of the lowest points in my life. And going to hot yoga became like a real solace for me. So I'll explain a little bit about like hot yoga because what you were saying there about how you find your mind kind of gets distracted in yoga classes I would have got the same. But I think the extra added element of having the heat in hot yoga is, like, enough of a distraction for me anyway that I cannot think of anything else. Like, my body is at such a point of, like... Exertion. Stress. And, like, I have so much to kind of concentrate on that I can't... I don't have the mental capacity to think of anything else. And it's what really brings me back into my body and brings me back into the present moment. And I had a moment lying on the mat where I was like, even if I lose absolutely everything... I can come back here and lie on this mat and everything will be fine. Mm -hmm. And I think it's done a lot for me that I don't even fully understand up to this point, like in terms of like helping me learn to regulate my nervous system. Like you, you bring yourself to this peak state of stress and then through your breath and through like slow, gentle movement, you bring yourself back to rest and a calm state that you that you feel safe and yeah I've really really fell in love with hot yoga and as I read more about it and learned more about it I was like this I feel like this has the potential to change the world like I feel like it's so I feel so basic white girl saying that because (laughs) this is like an ancient practice that's Existed for like thousands of years, and I'm like, Oh my word, have you heard of this yoga It's, it's gonna change the world? <laughs> like, but, like <laughs> for, for me, like, it's done so much for me, and I'm like, Okay, I want to share this with with the world because I think it, yeah, can it, it could benefit so much from it. Especially, And I me think of like disciples from the Bible, it's like, Go share the word of God, and I'm like, Go share the word of yoga. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no but I again like 100% it makes sense I've done one hot yoga class I think we went to the same studio and I've seen it and I did it once when I was home maybe like a year and a half ago I went with my sister and you're so right I've never thought about it like that before until you said it but when I think about that class in comparison to other classes like classes that I've done all I could focus on was literally my body because you're uncomfortable like your body is stressed like you it is so hot and you're sweating and obviously you're like in the different yoga poses so now that you said it I'm like it makes so much sense that all you can focus on in that moment is exactly what you're doing so maybe I actually there's a hot yoga studio not too far from me so maybe I do need to Try a few more classes as well to kind of get back into it. Because like I said, there's some yoga classes where I'm like, Oh, this is it. I am Zen. Like I am um, the definition of yoga right now. Like I am in the moment and I don't even know that much about it, but sometimes I just feel like so in it. And other times I'm like, my mind is just so distracted, but I guess it all comes back to just being in the moment. And that's what hot yoga make simpler, I guess, than like standard yoga practices. So yeah, I guess it's a good starting point for anybody who wants to maybe get more into yoga, be more in the present moment and get more into meditation as well. And it's funny that you mentioned meditation because it's something that I've been doing like on and off for years. And sometimes I find it again, like yoga easier than other times where my mind is really in the moment. And sometimes it is literally just scattered all over the place. And I'm like trying to put my thoughts back in to just kind of be, you know, in the present moment. So it's definitely really powerful. And I would say meditation for me, even though I don't necessarily do it all the time is so powerful. Like it really is so powerful. Even if it's just like a five to 15 minute one on YouTube. That is just like, I love gratitude meditation. So I try to do them in the morning or in the evening. I mean, I say I try to do them. I probably haven't done one for about a month. But whenever I go through the stages of doing them, I'm like, this is it. I am absolutely killing it at life. But they (laughs) they really ground you and remind you what's important. And again, it all comes back to not worrying about all these things that we've been conditioned to worry about that ultimately just don't really matter. Like, it makes me think of... I whenever I used to work at Renault um, obviously it was F1 so it was like really very competitive very like fast paced and there was like I worked in IT and there was one time that I forget what it was but like something on one of the show cars like systems wasn't working or like a machine wasn't working but it was really simple there's this whole fuss about it like everybody was kicking off and one of the guys was like Like, this is not life or death. Like, some things in Formula One are life and death, but, like, this specific thing was not life and death. And it's, like, why is everybody getting their knickers in a twist, raising their heart rates, stressing themselves out and everybody else out for this tiny little thing? And I think it's because we're conditioned to believe that everything is, like, the most important thing, when actually it's not. Like it's Like, all that matters is us and our health and how we feel about ourselves and then our world is kind of a reflection of that and I guess yoga helps us remember that because we're kind of like so in the moment.
1: I think it's like one big thing especially with thought yoga it's like you you mentioned discomfort and it kind of for me anyway too I could push through those moments of discomfort and come back to a state where I was completely fine so I think a lot of yoga what you learn on the mat is you you take a lot of it off as well. Mm-hmm. I constantly remind myself when I'm going into uncomfortable situations that it's not going to last forever. And I can get through this moment of like, slight discomfort and come out the other side probably better than I was before I went in. Yeah, I think we live, especially in this society that we live in today, like with the internet and with so much like external stimuli, we're constantly in this heightened state of like dopamine hits all the time, like so much external stimuli that we're like, so scattered with our thoughts that we can't even think clearly. So, when we bring ourselves back to meditate and look inwards, which when we have so much kind of going on around us, we never take the time to do, it brings you home to yourself and kind of brings you back to the realization that you don't need these external things to make you feel safe and comfortable and whole. I read a thing not that long ago about how when a child is crying say they're on an airplane or something and their parent just hands them an ipad which is like a bigger issue because i'm not gonna give parenting advice because i've never been a parent (laughs) um but like obviously parents have so much on their plates like between working and looking after their kids and all the other stuff they have to deal with that like you have something there to pacify your kids to stop them crying for that moment in time, like you are going to do that because it's the easiest option that you have available to you because it kind of creates this addictive cycle where then that child associates like an uncomfortable emotion arising with going for their iPad or going for an external source of comfort instead of kind of just being able to sit through the emotion and kind of regulate themselves back to a state of of calmness which is something that I've only learned through like the practice of yoga and something that I'm still kind of learning and hopefully if as we become kind of more educated on this we'll be able to come to like a slower pace and learn more about how our emotions are affecting us and causing so many addictions and external issues as well so yeah fascinating fascinating topic <laughs> it actually is really fascinating I recently finished
0: The Mountain Is You*. It's a book about self sabotage and um, it's it's quite interesting, actually, I did really enjoy it, but one of the sentences that she says in it is that when you're meditating and I guess just in life in general, the kind of message of the book is you're meant to feel things like you're meant to feel bad sometimes, like you're meant to we're meant to cry as humans and we're meant to feel sad and upset, and all of these different things, like the spectrum of the human experience is. You know, you feel the utmost joy and then you feel, you know, heartache and overwhelming sadness and grief, and whatever it is. And it's about feeling all of those things, but still being OK. Like you can still go on. You will still go on. Like, yes, you will have moments when you feel sad emotions or emotions that don't feel good. But when you let yourself feel them, let yourself experience them and then like ground yourself and center yourself again so that you can move forward. It's really transformative just for people in general like I I'm like a have been in my life a toxically positive person where I'm like yep everything is great just gonna soldier on my life is so far blah 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 and a lot of the times it's actually masked over other emotions I actually just like have not let myself feel and it really all came to like a brunt I would say in when was it 2021 at the end of 2021 or at the end of 2022, I think it was 2021, I was just leaving my old job. And I was just like, my, it was so silly, but like loads of things had just happened at once. Like I was kind of just going through it and all these different like aspects of my life that had been really solid were all of a sudden uprooted in me and I was like no it's fine just soldiering on and it was literally like the worst three months of my life I think like as an adult because I was not letting myself feel anything and then it got to a point and I would be driving to work and I would just be like crying in the car like driving to work but tell myself it was okay and I was like whoa. Like, what am I doing? Why am I not letting myself just feel this? And it wasn't until I was on the phone with my friend, Claire, and she was like, you know, it's okay. She's always said it to me, but it just really hit different that time. She was like, it's okay to feel... Sad. Like, you're allowed to, you're allowed to feel that way. Like, you know, you're being a wee bit, you know, too positive. And I was like, you're actually right. Like, I'm not, I'm just putting on like a positive plaster onto feelings rather than actually feeling them. So it is important to let ourselves feel those emotions. It is important to, like, with meditation, which is why I started saying this is, you know, we can sit there and we are allowed to feel all those different things. And meditation is, I'm, I'm no expert, but the, the sentence was basically you sit there and you let yourself feel those things and you come through the other side of it
1: right like i think there's been so much shame around any negative emotions that you're you're told from such a young age like don't cry like big girls don't, don't cry people, or boys don't cry, cry yeah and, yeah uh, and it's like you always have to look like you're strong enough to pull through all these things but like it's there's no shame in like taking a break or going and having a cry like there's no shame in saying like this is too much for me completely acceptable thing to do like we live in a community like we all have our own different like weaknesses and strengths and we're all meant to support each other in this way so oftentimes like the greatest kind of connection could come from when we're most open and most vulnerable with with other people and we do allow our weak side or whatever to show through and it's it actually like takes a lot of strength I think to allow yourself to show that that kind of weaker side of yourself and Mm -hmm. admit that you can't take it all on board because none of us can like none of us can do everything completely on our own no matter how much we try and how much we kind of convince ourselves that that we're able to it's just impossible (laughs) yeah
0: I think community is becoming so important again like people are really emphasizing the importance of it the fact that in in so many different ways as well like Talking to your friends about and your family about how you feel, but even about like you know how much money you earn, say if you're both doing the same role. Like, it's I was listening to a podcast last night that used that as an example where two friends were doing the same role, but one was earning nearly twice as much as the other and had less experience. And like that conversation meant that the friend who was earning less was able to change jobs and get what she deserved because, like, we are meant to be like, we're not meant to be alone, you know, we are meant to live in a community we're meant to have each other to support on we're meant to ask questions we're meant to be vulnerable and I think the more that we lean into that especially at the minute because there's so much going on into the world like the more we talk about how we feel the more we show up for ourselves authentically the better we're going to be like the better we're going to feel the better the world place the world will be so I think it kind of has like a knock-on effect
1: you see it with a lot of um, any kind of conflict situations like people are fighting with one another and then you actually get down to the core of what they're fighting about and they both just want the same thing like they both just want to live comfortably they just want both just want like peace but there's such a fear of like the other or kind of a focus on a threat or being so hyper independent that mm-hmm. there's always like looking for someone else to blame or always like kind of like a different like power dynamic um but then when you actually boil it down to what but all of us want. It's all, it's all pretty same. much the same thing. <laughs> yeah, 100%.
0: I'm going to ask you just a few more like really simple questions and then I will let you go on with your lovely Sri Lankan sunny day. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. I'm um, going for the evening now after my
0: very uh, <laughs> <end of> day. <laughs> oh nice. <laughs> um, so first what I was going to say is like what's been your proudest moment for the, from the first couple of months or the last couple of months? Sorry.
1: The one that, funny enough, came to mind first was one that happened before I even started travelling, and it was when I drove my van for the first time, (laughs) because I was so scared to drive the van because I thought I could do it, that the day I drove it, I honestly felt like I conquered the world, like, I was like, I I am capable of anything, like, I can literally do anything that the world throws my way, because... I'm able to drive this van that I put off for so long and thought I couldn't do. So yeah. I love (laughs) that. That's probably my my proudest moment over the last while, but I'm trying to think if there's one that I've had. Actually, I do have one for more recently. Obviously I've been teaching yoga for the past while, and two nights ago I held a full moon ceremony, or a new moon ceremony, sorry, which was slightly out of my comfort zone because I'd never done anything like this before. And it was something a bit new to me and something that I felt a little bit not 100% sure of. It ended up being a really nice evening and everything. So I'd say that's probably my proudest moment of, of rape more recently. Nice. I did see that on your Instagram as well. I was like, oh, this is
0: so like... This looks so fun. Like, I feel like it would be really, really powerful as well. Um, I definitely need to have you on again to talk about all things new moon ceremonies and universe and spirituality, because I feel like that could be a whole other episode in and of itself. And I I love all of that stuff. Yeah, I love all of that stuff. (laughs) Definitely, definitely will have you on again to talk about all that. Other question? What's next for you? What is your plan for the next few months? Or are you just kind of seeing how it goes and really enjoying, like we said, being in the moment? seeing where life leads
1: you at the minute I am staying in Sri Lanka until at least April I'm where I'm at now I'm staying here for the whole month of February and then I move up to another town Welligama, which is a little bit more lively there's a lot more of a surf culture up there so I'm volunteering there for a month and planning to get back to my surfing because I came down here thinking I'd be able to surf but there's zero (laughs) waves like Everybody comes back and they're like, there was no waves today. And I'm like, oh, well, this is a disaster. <laughs> yeah, there's there's no surfing down here. So when I get back to Willigama, the plan is to get back to surfing. And then I'm hoping to extend my visa a little bit longer in Sri Lanka and then travel inland from April. And then possibly go back to India to do my 300 hour teacher training. Wow. And then after that, I have some plans but I haven't fully settled in stone yet so I'm not too sure. <laughs>
0: that sounds incredible, that honestly sounds amazing. Do you ever get homesick or are you, I guess it's normal to get homesick isn't it whenever you're that far away from home but you're kind of like just really in the moment over there? I
1: haven't got homesick a lot, there's just been a few wee moments like moments where it's kind of the transitional moments where the people I've got to know are moving on or, or I'm moving on and I feel kind of back to being lonely again that I get homesick or I've seen a lot of my friends who are out doing like wintry like hikes and everything and I was like, oh, Winter. I just want to be back in the wintry weather and like doing all the wee moments of of homesickness. And then sometimes I think like, oh my word, if I get sick and have to go to the hospital, I don't have the NHS there to like look after me. But other than that, I haven't had a lot of homesickness just yeah kind of wee moments here and there but nothing I, too much you can I always think about giving up the sun just yet
0: I was gonna say you can always distract yourself A nice nice little beach walk anyway or I would yeah I mean I'd love to go surfing but I don't think I would be able to even bodyboard never mind surfing but I'm very jealous <laughs> if you can't <laughs> yeah
1: definitely I'm not the best surfer but I'm trying to learn I'm, I'm not allowing myself to leave Sri Lanka until I can confidently ride at least one wave
0: so nice I like that I think that's a, that's a good goal to set and it's you know fun being a beginner too isn't it
1: yeah it's like allowing yourself to feel and try something new and again it's what we were t- talking about earlier just doing something because you want to do it and not having the having it as your like side hustle just yeah. just a fun hobby
0: just something fun to do let yourself be a beginner let yourself feel let yourself try nobody starts out perfect anyway so that's yeah, exactly it's so important to remember well thank you so much for coming on Um, I really appreciate it I hope you've enjoyed recording this episode and yeah I can't wait to see what's next I'm really excited to see yes. the rest of your journey
1: over in that part of the world thank you so much for having me I honestly feel like we could have kept talking for about two hours I know there's <laughs> so, so much to talk about I feel like we're just like Oh my word, and then I I saw the time. Oh my goodness, how have we been
0: going for this long? I know, I can't believe it. I was um I was like making notes of other things. I feel like there's so much I still want to touch on. So yeah, maybe we need to do a part two um in a couple of months. Once you've learned how to surf, send me a message and then we can be like, right, okay, now we can talk about this.
1: Yeah, we can do the surf update.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you so much and enjoy the rest of your day and enjoy the rest of your time in Sri Lanka in February and wherever else you go in the next couple of months.
1: Yes, it's
0: been an absolute pleasure. And that is it. I hope you had a really great time listening to this episode. And I hope you got some nuggets of wisdom. And also that it inspired you to kind of go grab life by the balls and just go for it. Whatever it is you want to do, if you feel like a calling in your heart, just go for it. Put yourself out there, even though it's scary, it's always worth it. That's it for today. I will see you next week. Please leave a rating and review if you haven't. Please follow my Instagrams. They are at Rebecca Kean and at Life Actually The Podcast. And also follow Shan's Instagram, which is at Shan Alwyn Katrina and also her TikTok as well to follow her along. Like I mentioned in the podcast, like her writing is so beautiful and really touches me. Like it's just very powerful the way that she writes um, because it's not like (laughs) Like my Instagram posts are usually <laughs> coupled with something sarcastic or something that I think is funny. And usually other people are just like, what the fuck are you doing? So yeah, definitely give her a follow. Enjoy all the beautiful photos of India and Sri Lanka and the lovely words that she writes. And that's it for today. I will be back next week. I have lots that I've been thinking about recently. I have lots that I have been doing recently I've been like really putting myself out there in social situations that I usually don't but I've been making an effort to actually get out of my house um which always inspires me and gives me lots to think about so yeah I can't wait to fill you in and enjoy your week enjoy your day enjoy whatever you're up to thank you for listening and I'll speak to you soon